Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Second Kings chapter 22. <clears throat> awesome. Amen. Praise God. Man, what that last song? I, I'm, I just, uh, that was also by honor and honors due. That's just a pretty great song that we worship to in that last song. Uh, actually, Adam Rogers, my son, wrote that song and his, uh, and Becca Swindle. So uh, I don't know. That's pretty cool, man. Just God doing cool things like that, birthing those things in the hearts of people in this church. Um, there's some other psalmists and uh, gifts in this room that God wants to stir up. So I just love, I love, love seeing that. Praise God, man, for that. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 22. Have you found it? Yes. Good. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's do this. Let's just pray. Thank Him for the Word, and then we're going to hang out in it for, for a few minutes this afternoon. God, thank You today, God, for the honor and privilege. Lord, it truly is to be able to stand before Your people, open up Your Word today, God. I just pray, God, I'll disappear today, and Lord, You'll just step in, and Lord, just move to the forefront of our service and everything that happens today. Let Your Word just come alive in our hearts. Let each of us be open today to receive the things that You want to speak directly into our life, Lord. It's what Your Word does. It changes us. It challenges us and it builds our faith. So God, we thank you for that today. Give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The greatest stories ever told. Uh, that's what we're in a series right now. If you're not, have not been with us, this is a journey through the Old Testament that we're kind of taking together. And uh, so we've been uh, man, digging deep into a lot of the passages in the Old Testament. We're journeying through this, uh, the Old Testament together. And man, I tell you, I love what God's been showing us. Uh, I love the things He's been placing in our hearts and we've been growing from. And so today I'm going to do this. We're going to finish up 2 Kings. And so we're going to finish up this book. So that's why you're kind of near the end of it there. We're going to hang out in chapter 22 and in chapter 23 today. So, um, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to introduce you to a guy named Josiah. Josiah. Josiah's a cool name. We have uh, a lot of uh, folks around this church that get pregnant all the time. This is a fruitful multiplying uh, church. And uh, so if you, if you get to searching for a name, I, I think Josiah's a cool one. You're going to hear uh, again about that name. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It means Jehovah healed. And uh, so a uh, very cool name. And so today I'm going to introduce you to this guy. And I'm going I'm to share three things with you uh, that God has kind of placed on my heart. And uh, these things are going to each one be different in a way because the first one, it's today is going to be a statement. It's going to be a declaration. I believe today a prophetic declaration of faith over your life if you receive this, if you need this. And so I'm going to make that statement over your life today. Second one's going to be a question. I'm going to ask of you. And then basically the third one's going to be this. It's going to be direction. And uh, again, how to walk this thing out. So we're going to talk about this guy named Josiah. Um, I want to give you a little backstory about him before we just kind of jump straight in and, and talk about this guy. If you, if you study this uh, book of 2 Kings out, you'll find out that he had a grandfather named Manasseh. He had a great-grandfather named Hezekiah, who was, again, a man of God, who, who uh, established and structured things in the temple and put things in order. And then he, he has this happen. He has a grandfather named Manasseh. And Manasseh comes in, and he brings false worship into the house of God, into the temple. He actually destroys and, and brings down the altars of God and raises up altars of false idols and false gods and false worship. He digs deep into witchcraft and, and sorcery. He actually even lays one of his sons on the altar of sacrifice and burns him as a sacrifice to false gods. 
And so, um, I, oh man, just you just hear that and we're going, oh man, why and how could we or anyone do such a thing? And so I, I, I think if we're not careful when we even hear things about people like that, that we not uh, one of those who are quick to judge in a way that we say, oh man, we would never do that. But you know, if we're not careful, you know, the world tries to pull us into and cause us to lay our children on the altars of sports. And, and entertainment and, and lay them on the altars of even education, things that are not bad, but if we're not careful, those can become the gods. Those can be the things that we sacrifice our children to and for. And so let's just be careful. Again, not quick to judge, but quick to learn from those things and, and so that we ourselves can make sure that we're walking out God's plan. But again, a horrific time. And so you see and you're hoping that maybe after this guy's gone, things can get better. Okay, surely, but it doesn't. Uh, he actually, when Manasseh leaves and he steps down after his death from the throne, he's removed from the throne after death and his son Amon comes in. Now Amon steps in, is placed upon the throne. Now he's king and you're like, man, this is going to get better. But no, it actually gets worse. This guy's so bad that his servants actually conspire and have him assassinated. So you're like, man, this is like a messed up society. This is a messed up world. And can't you kind of just look at this story today and I say, hey, man, kind of reminds me of <laughs> something I, I see today as we look around the world around us and it's horrific. But look what God does. We see now after the death of this guy named Amon, we see someone named Josiah step in who, who is placed upon the place of kingship. And it's actually the son of Amon. And so let's read about him today. 2 Kings chapter 22. Let's look at verses, uh, verse 1 and verse 2. It says this. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. Don't you want an eight-year-old telling you what to do? Amen. Glory to his name. But again, he's placed in position because of the, the place of the lineage of which he, he, he was born into. But again, he was on the, on the throne as king at eight years of age, and he reigned there 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's uh, name was Jediah and daughter of Adonai and Buzkath. And so again, you're going to hear a lot of big, long words uh, in, in this today. And I'm just going to say them real fast. And so make y'all think I know what I'm talking about. So, but um, and, and, but it is, is that you're just going to hear it. But look what happens. This says in verse 2, And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked all the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. That father references ancestry, not his actual father. But again, we see him come in. And so I, I like what happens. I like this story because, again, in the worst of times, in, in the most horrific place that we see kind of happen, that the temple being flipped upside down, uh, actually within the temple, there was a false gods being worshipped. There were actually male prostitution and sodomy and, and, and homosexuality was running rampant within the temple here that was supposed to be sacred place of God. Again, a horrific time, but yet in the middle of all this... We see a guy named Josiah placed on the throne. Number one thing today I want to declare over you, if you're taking notes today, is this. If you're not taking these notes on your heart, number one today is this, is things can change. Things can change. I, 
this is a word for someone. I, I don't use the word prophetic too much, you know, and, and, uh, but I just feel this as God's even placed this message on my heart that, that, that someone needs to grab hold of today that, that things can be different. Things can change. It doesn't always have to be the way it's always been. And so things can be done differently. And so because we see in this story two generations deep of sin. This thing had gone on now for years and it had gotten worse. It had gotten uglier. And we see now the effects of all that had begun to unfold because of sin being brought in. And so this is, this is horrific what takes place. And I probably, as a pastor, I guess I could say that I have probably sat down with, with more people that have dealt with what we see in this story than many, in any other. Because we see how in this story, the previous things that have happened kind of get passed down until someone or something steps in and changes that. Now, I've seen this. I've sat down with people who have allowed uh, the, the things that they've been dealt, the cards have been placed in their hands to bring hurt and pain to them. And so it's just true that those things that we go through in life can wound us and, and can put us in a difficult place. I, I've watched people who have been hurt begin to hurt others because they were hurt themselves. I, I've watched people who have had things done to them turn around and do that to someone else. And so you will typically see this a lot of times in things that generationally kind of get passed down sometimes. And what happens is this, you have to come into the place to where you now make the decision that you will either repeat what has been done to you or you will reject what's been done. And we have to make that decision. And so we see now this guy, this young man, this guy named Josiah step in and break now the things that have been passed down to him. I love this guy. I love that he doesn't just say it's always been this way. That's how it's always going to be. He doesn't just say, well, man, this is what it was in my family. We've always been poor. It's always been this, or they've always had this disease, or divorce runs rapid, so it's going to be the same way in my family. That's how it's always going to be. No, someone steps in and says things can change. It can be different. So today, someone needs to grab hold of this, so, so, but you have to make the decision. Are you going to repeat it, or are you going to reject it? And it only happens when we do this. Don't get focused on the problem. Don't get focused on the things that are happening. Don't let the presence of a problem do this. Don't let it cause you to question the presence of God. And so don't let the things that are going on around you know that he's faithful. As we sung about in that song, I love that, that he is faithful and he's true and he's good. And so you get this settled in your heart. Things can change. Things can be different. I want you just to look at your neighbor, smile at them when you say it, and let them know today, you know something, things can change. Tell somebody on the other side, smile at them when you say it. Say it with love in your heart. You know things can change. Things can change. Things can be different. So again, open up to this and, and just don't allow that to pull in and cause you again to just get in the mindset of this is how it's always going to be. This is what it's always going to look like. Nothing can ever be done different. No, things can change. Now let's look what happens now when we see this change begin to uh, unfold and what that looks like. So you're in, you're in chapter 22. Let's pick up in verse 3. And again, you're going to hear big names and just go with it. Verse 3, it says this, Now it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that, he, that the king sent Shaphan, the scribe, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, to the house of the Lord, saying, 
Now again, 18 years as, as king, 26 years old, a young man, 20-something years old, who starts seeing that, man, this is jacked up. This is messed up and some things need to change. And so he does this. He sends him into the temple. Verse 4, go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, that he may count the money which has been brought into the house of the Lord which the doorkeepers have gathered from the people and let them deliver it into the hand of those doing the work, who are the overseers in the house of the Lord doing the work, to repair the damages of the house, to carpenters, builders, and masons, and to buy timber and hewn and stone to repair the house. He realized before anything else, man, the house of God needs to be repaired. You know the change that we're talking about today is going to start with us. Come on. The, the change that we're talking about, we, we a lot of times look at this world, this world is messed up, and we say, man, I wish things would change. You know where it starts with us? Right here. And so again, he understood this, and I like it, and I like the, the, the understanding that he had here and saw that, man, and this needs to start in the house of God. Verse 7, however, there needs to be no accounting made with them of the money delivered into their hand because they deal faithfully. Then Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. Oh, man, this is a trip. You, you'll find out what that means in a second. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. So Shaphan the scribe went to the king, bringing the king words, saying, Your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and delivered it into the, uh, to the hands of those who do the work and who oversee the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book, and Shaphan read it before the king. Huh. And now it happened when the king heard the words of the book of the law, see that capital B, that the, he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, Ahakim, the son of Shaphan, Akbor, the son of Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Isaiah, a servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me. For the people and all of Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found for great is the wrath of the Lord that is around us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. Second thing is a question. Number two is this. What are you doing with God's word? What are you doing with God's word? I don't know if you caught what's happened in this story as we were reading that together. The book of the law was all they had of the scripture at that time. And that was the, the portion of scripture that had been passed down and then probably in scroll form and that they would open up. And you know what? That, that daily, every day, they would take the scroll and they would unroll it and they would open it up together. And every day in the temple of God, they would read that word and they would spend time meditating on it, putting it to memory for many and committing that in their heart and letting that word get settled within them. But somewhere, this is what happened over the time they closed that thing back up just begin to place it aside and the false idols the, the gods of the world begin to come in and when they allowed those things to come in you saw the temple begin to go, go to ruins you begin to see the place we just sung about a few moments ago 
The Shekinah glory, the glory, the manifest presence of God. You know, there were moments in that temple where the Shekinah glory, the presence of God would come in so strong that people would fall over and, and that presence would be so real. The Spirit of God so strong in that place. And now they find themselves in that same temple committing sexual sin. In that same house, bowing down to false gods. In that same altar, laying sons there and burning them toward false gods. How does this happen? We're like, man, how does it get from this to this? It don't happen overnight. It happens somewhere along the way when we close up and roll up the scroll and begin to slide that down. I can look back over my life. And it's the moments that I experienced God the most. It was probably the most is the times when I was spending more time in his word. And I can see in those same moments and at times where I was sitting back saying, God, where are you at sometimes? It was those moments that I closed the scroll. It was those moments where I maybe kind of let the cares of this world kind of come in and begin to cover those things up. And this is what happens in this story. He sends them in to clean. And imagine this for just a moment. All the false gods that have been placed over the book. And they go in and they're like, man, all right, the king sent us in here. And we're, it's time for us to start kind of maybe cleaning house a little bit. So imagine just for a moment as you're kind of moving stuff aside and, and, they're, and they're, they're moving aside false idols and fake gods and, and, and gods that were dead and couldn't answer their prayers and, and couldn't respond when they tried to get it. We've seen stories like that when they cried out to those fake gods and get no response. Imagine for just a moment when they're pulling those things aside and they're setting aside and then they see the scroll. There's no doubt that they had heard the stories about this. There's, there's no doubt that, that there were probably moments, even though generations had passed, that they sit back and say, man, wait a minute. Things sure are different now. And you know what happens in this story? Josiah does this. They find the scroll, they open it up, and he hears the words of the scroll, and he hears the words of God. And you know what he does? He says this, wait a minute, we're not doing that. We're, we're not doing what he's asked us to do. And so what I'm afraid of that can happen real easy in this world is that we'll try to change the word, the word instead of letting the word change us. And if we're not careful, we'll say this, well, that was written for back then. Things are different now. I don't really have to live a certain way or do a certain thing. Now listen to what happens. He hears this word and he does this. He lets it challenge his heart. I love it. I, I love when we come together around God's word. It builds our faith. I miss the name of the church, Faith Renewed, that our, our faith is renewed again. I, I hear people all the time leave and say, man, it's just perfect name for this church, man. I just, I just, I'm just thankful for Faith Renewed. I just love it. And I'm thankful that it builds our faith, but the word of God should challenge us. And when we hear it and when we open it up together and we read the book, we should say, wait a minute. If I'm not walking in this certain way, I need to change. And so, you know what? I, I love Josiah. He, he does this. It says that he hears now the story of the book of the law. And it says that he tears his clothes. We've heard this term in, in previous stories. This was a sign for them of repentance. This was a sign that, wait a minute, something's happening here, and this is not working, and things are going on, and this is challenging now my heart. This is challenging my soul. As I listen to this and as I read these stories, imagine hearing him. He may have heard the story, but never heard it straight from the word. I think this is just a beautiful picture there that sometimes, man, I think we come in church and we kind of hear the words, 
But it's not until we open up the scroll and let the Word of God come alive in us and speak to us directly that it comes real and changes us. And He opens up His heart. And He hears the story here. And this is what I love. This guy is 26 years old. 26 years old. We see him as an eight-year-old little boy on the throne, man, blowing boogers on people and doing just stupid, (laughs) crazy stuff. He's eight. But you know something? At 26, this guy's walking this thing out. Now, I I don't know. I I, I want you to see today that it doesn't matter our age. Enemy loves to mess with us. It either makes us think that we're too young to do anything great or we're too old and it's too late. And you know what happens? You look back when you get in that mindset and you miss the days that God wants to do great things in and through your life. So at any age, every age, God can use you. And so he does this at 26 years of age. God's been placing something heavy on my heart about a renewal and a revival that he wants to pour out in this place again in, in our nation. I believe it's going to start with young people. And, and, and that 20 range that has a, a lot of times been done this, affected by the, the, the generation that has closed the scroll. But I believe God's going to raise up a generation again, and it's not going to be just 20-something. It's going to be 30 and 40 and teenagers and 50-something, 60, 70, 80, and we're going to open this thing up together, and life's going to come back, and you're going to hear that word, and it's going to do something to you. We're going to pull back, tear our clothes, and say, wait a minute. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to reject it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to pull it in. 26, he does this. And look what happens. I just, I love what unfolds here. He repents and he comes before God. He accesses and actually does the right thing with God's word. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with the word of God that's right now being put into your life? We've opened this thing up together. Are you rejecting it or are you opening it up to receive this word? I love what we see him do. And as a result, this is what happens. We see, we drop down to verse 19, 2 Kings 22, and it says, Because your heart was tender, you humbled yourselves before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against his inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse. And you tore your clothes and you wept before me. I also have heard you, says the Lord. There's not a time that when we come before God with a sincere heart and open heart to him that he doesn't hear us. He hears that. And it says in verse 20, Surely, therefore, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the calamity which I will bring on this place. So they brought back word to the king. Josiah had heard as a, as a, as a word of God spoke to him. You know when you open your heart up to this and receive this, destruction's not coming to you. The, this, this death, the eternal death he speaks of here, it's not coming to you. And so he opens himself up to that. And I like what Josiah does. Josiah doesn't do this. And this is what can happen if we're not careful. Josiah doesn't say, well, I'm good. I'm going to glory. I'm going to make it in. And so I ain't got to do nothing between now and then. Listen, if you have opened up your heart to the word, the scroll's been opened up in your life and you've received that, you are not supposed to just be silent about that. He steps in in the middle of the worst time in history and he reforms it and he changes it. And today, you know something, it's not too late. Things can change today and everything changed in that moment as he received the word of God. So here's a question today and and you, you know the answer. What are you doing with God's word? Now, let's look what happens as a result of him now opening himself up to the word, hearing it, not rejecting, but receiving it. Number three things is this. Change comes after the encounter. 
change comes after the encounter. He does it now, and this is where, this is where I've, I've messed it up as a young person growing up, still kind of getting this place as older. We, we studied Galatians hard on Wednesday nights and, and got this word really established in our heart that, that, again, it's not by the law, it's by grace that we receive this. But this is a picture, I believe, of what it should look like. After he has encountered the presence of God, Spirit of God quickens him and, and something changes in him and he starts looking and he starts looking around. He said, man, this place is a mess and we need to change and do something about it. And you know what he does? He starts with the temple. He starts right there. He starts at home. And, and, and again, I think for us, what we must do is, is let it start at home today. And as we pray for our nation, as we pray that things will change, let us not miss what God's calling us to do right at home. And so he does this. Let's look what happens. Verse 3, he says this in chapter 23. So turn the page if you're on 22. In, ver in chapter 23, in verse 3, it says this. Then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all of his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. That's what he wants from us. He just wants to stand before him and receive it, step into the covenant, say, God, I'm going to walk this thing out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to trust you. And it says, all the people took a stand for the covenant. All the people took a stand for the covenant because the leadership and those there in that position took a stand. And so it says, and the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, the priests of the second order and the doorkeepers to bring out of the temple, the Lord, all the articles that were made for Baal, for Asherah and for all the host of heaven. And he burned them outside. You see this? Not just, man, not we're going to just come in and talk about have church. We're going to take every false idol, we're going to take all those things, burn them, and we're going to take them outside and no longer allow them to come be a part of our life. And so he takes them out and he says he burns them outside Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. Verse 5, then he removed the idolatrous priest who the king of Judah had ordained to burn incense on the high places of the cities of Judah and all the places of all Jer around Jerusalem and all those who burn incense to Baal, to the sun and to the moon and to the constellations and to all the hosts of heaven. He said, man, there ain't going to be no other gods. We're going to, every other thing's being removed. And he brought out of the wooden image from the house of the Lord to the brook Kidron outside Jerusalem. Burned it at the brook Kidron and, and the ground, it to, and ground it to ashes. And he threw his ashes on the graves of the common people. Then he tore down the ritual booths of the perverted persons that were in the house of the Lord with the wooden wove hangings for the wooden image. And you can go on and you can just keep reading this passage and you can go on and continue, continue to see the things that he says this, I'm getting rid of these things in my life. Now, now I, I, I think, again, we've tried to do this in a lot of ways. We've tried to say, I'm going to remove all this stuff and then I'm going to encounter God. That's reverse. Even in the Old Testament, it's reverse. He encounters God and then he says, man, some stuff's got to go. I love it. We have someone in our church and they were sharing, me, they were sharing with us. They were just saying, hey, you know, some things I used to do, I don't do those anymore. And this is after they've come to Christ and the Spirit of God begin to challenge them. And again, you can always say, man, education thing's not bad or sports thing's not bad. But hey, I'm going to set this thing aside because it's taken away. This is what he says. I'm going to remove these things and it starts where? In the temple. The Bible says this, that we're, we're temples of the Holy Spirit. 
Each of us today, if you've opened your heart up to God, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. So again, He does these things. And as the worship team comes around, I want to just read a passage, read verse 2 to you one more time. Of 22, and it says this. You can pull it up if you like. You don't have to. But it says this about Josiah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in all the ways of his father David. And he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Now, if you studied out in Chronicles the way Josiah dies... This could be one of those things that people will kind of kind of look for things in Scripture, try to say, well, that don't match up, that don't line up. You, you, you hear this saying, man, this guy don't turn to the left or right. He walks this thing out. Josiah actually dies on the battlefield because he was end up being on the battlefield because he didn't listen to the Word of God that had been given to him. People say, wait a minute, that's not, so that's not true, man. He said he wasn't do that. He went, now listen, no, now this is what a picture of, I believe, true salvation looks like in Christ. Because Josiah is not remembered and he's not defined by his worst mistake, but by his best decision. And his best decision was this, I'm going to decide when I hear God scroll open up and his word open up in my life and I'm going to be receptive to that. I'm just thankful that again, when we hear the scriptures and we hear this, we're not placing Josiah somewhere and saying, man, I can't ever do that. Listen, Josiah didn't get everything right in this world, but he made the right decision. That's to surrender to God. So I want you to do this. If you will, just stand with me, please. And right there where you stand, I just want you to take a moment, just bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. And I told you at the kind of beginning of this message, that's named Josiah means that Jehovah healed. That Jehovah healed. And we watch a picture of someone with the name Jehovah healed coming to a place of deep destruction and despair and completely turning around and life be brought there. We're getting ready to enter into the Christmas season and this is time for Thanksgiving and we just kind of really begin to remember the things that we're thankful for and celebrate the birth of Christ, Emmanuel coming with us. And what I love, Josiah, Jehovah, healed, came. But Jehovah himself came to us and Messiah himself came to the form of Jesus. You know what happens when he comes? We open our hearts up to him. He brings healing. He brings healing. As you bow your heads and close your eyes today, one of the things God's placed on my heart about he wanted to do today, and we watched him do this in our first service, and if there's those that need this today, it's available for you, and that's that God wants to bring healing to generational curses. He wants to bring healing to areas of the, where you've been wounded or been hurt and things have happened. Because we see in the picture today of what happens, again, generations deep, someone comes in and opens their heart to him and this healing flows and so I just want to pray today healing over you and I just want to pray God touches your heart today and, and maybe today I, I hope so it's challenging me and I hope it has to you as well maybe I hope today that you'll, you'll, you'll make the word of God a, a higher priority in your life that, that again I can't let this just sit aside and I can't just do this on Sunday open up scroll but, but, I, but daily I got to open this thing up and, and I, I can't let it just be just pushed aside everything else cover that up 
If that's the day, I hope maybe God's spoken in your heart in that way. And also I want you to know this, as we said here, change happens after the encounter. Some of you are like, man, I, I can't give my heart to Christ yet because I got to get some things in order. I got to make some changes and I got to do some things different. Listen, that's not how it works. <laughs> if you're going to try that, man, I promise you, been there, don't work real well. When you try to change on your own, it happens after the encounter, after you encounter the presence of God for yourself. So today, if you need change in your life, in your heart, encounter the presence of the living God is here today counter him. And so right now, as our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I just want to ask you this today. If you'll say, Pastor, you, through this word today, my heart has been spoken to. The Spirit of God has spoken to me today. And I need prayer. I, I've, I've identified, connected with the word today. And I want you to pray for me. If that's you, just right where you're standing, just raise your hand up to him. I want to pray over you right now. I just want to pray over you. Oh man, several hands. Several hands. Raise it up high. Raise it up high. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Also, again, the generational thing. If you, if you need some healing from some, maybe some from past wounds or past hurts, it could be family or it could be a situation there with them today. God wants to bring healing there. Today, if you need to surrender your life to God, you need change, it starts with the encounter. You need to encounter God. You need salvation through Christ and receiving Jesus, the healer himself. Anyone else? As your hands are raised, I just want to pray over you right now. Father, God, I thank you today <laughs> that you are a healer. You are a healer. You are a source, God. We thank you for the picture that we see in Scripture of Jehovah healed. <laughs> and we can cut of, of things changing in our hearts and lives. It's not too late. We haven't gone too far. It's not too bad. Lord, we open our hearts up to you and your word and receive that. So God, I thank you today for what you're doing in this room right now. For what you're doing in this place, God. I, just, I want you to do this. Just make a connection with someone in the room right now, if you would. You could just place your hand on their shoulder or grab, if you, if, if you know them and you, you don't you feel comfortable, you can just grab their hand, whatever, whatever works. Just make a connection with someone in the room. Thank you, Father. This is where it begins, right here. It starts with us. It always starts in the temple. It always starts with God's people first. So I want you to pray for one another. And this is what I want us to do. The worship team is going to close us in a song, and I don't want you to leave today. If you need prayer in your life, after you, after you encounter right now, you connect with someone in the room. I want you to just pray over them. Once you get through praying with that person, if you've raised your hand, Please do this. If you've lifted up your hand during this time, if you responded in that way, I want you to do this. I want you to take a step out. And I want you to come. And we're going to pray over you as well here. But before that happens, just connect with someone in the room. God, I just thank you right now, Lord. I just thank you right now, Father. Just that hand. I just want this to be a significant to you right now. That person who's near you right now, who, who's just touched you. We're just letting you know it's not too late. You're breathing today. If you, if you have life right now in your lungs, right now, breath in your lungs, today it's not too late. It's not over. I don't care how ugly it is, how messed up it is, and how, how difficult things have happened in the past and what's been done. Listen, things can change. <laughs> things can change. It's not too late today. As the worship team begins to minister, if you lifted up your hand or if you need prayer for any reason at all, any reason at all, 
It's a big old family. We just love you. We won't judge you. We just love you. We'll gather around. Let's just pray together. If you need prayer for any reason at all, begin to just step out. Walk down to this altar. If you've lifted up your hand, or if you need prayer for any reason as a minister, as a worship team ministers to us today with this last song. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.